Welcome to the Creating Unshakable Self-Confidence Podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you always wished you had and secretly you're trying to get. If you want to get off the struggle bus of trying to hate yourself thin and beating yourself up to get it together already, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Sherry Brazier. I'm a mother to four boys, a wife, a self-proclaimed professional dieter, and I'm also a certified life coach. Did you know that you can be confident and not have it all together? Stick with me. I'll show you how. Hello there, my friends. How's it going today? I hope that you guys are having a great day. And right now, as I record this podcast, it's beginning of December 2020, and we are trying to get ready for Christmas and getting all of our Christmas stuff out. And it's awesome. I have a Christmas candle burning in my office today so that I can smell the smells of Christmas. I love the smells of Christmas. I love the smell of a a fresh cut tree, although we don't have a fresh cut tree. Um, I love the smell of a fresh cut tree. I love the smell of cinnamon and apples and cranberries and just the glittery, sparkly, even though that's more of a look, it really has a smell to me too. It just all smells so fun and uh, enjoyable. I just love Christmas. And we do have a little bit of snow here in Idaho, but not much. We're kind of anxiously waiting for the big snowstorms to come. Hopefully we will have snow on Christmas Eve. That's kind of what we look forward to in Idaho on Christmas is a whole bunch of snow to go play in. So anyway, I hope that you guys are busily working to get your families ready for Christmas and excited about this Christmas season. And I love all of the things that President Nelson is putting out uh, to bring us closer to the Savior and light the world is going on right now as well. And it's it's super fun to see all of the things that are being posted on social media to Um, participate in light the world and we just had give thanks for thanksgiving and i think it's it just means a lot more at this time i think with all the things that are happening in 2020 i just feel like it means a little bit more so anyway a little bit of what's going on in our lives i've got my pup that's outside my door kind of hanging out with me today and it's quiet in my house. My husband is usually working from home, but he's out running errands. And so I have the house to myself for a minute. And I thought it's the perfect time to record this podcast. Hopefully there's no noises of the outside world and all the things that are happening. So today I want to get into self-compassion and self-pity. Are you living in self-pity? Or are you living in self-compassion? And my guess is that you're living in both, but which one is your main emotion out of the two? Do you tend to go to self-pity or do you tend to go to self-compassion? So today I'm going to tell you what the difference is between those two. And then hopefully you'll be able to make a decision of where you want to go, like where you are now, as far as whether you tend to go into self-pity or whether you tend to go into self-compassion and then what do you want to go forward with? Okay, so first, I just want to tell you what the definition of the two are. So self-compassion is 
compassion for yourself. And it's being curious and open, open to learning, and then also non-judgmental and just being kind to yourself. And self-pity is like, it's excessive. It's self-absorbed. It's an unhappiness over one's own troubles, as it says on the web. Um, It looks like my life is really hard. My husband is really difficult. I have so many health challenges. This is unfair. I'm not enough. Things like feeling sorry for yourself, being jealous or resentful, or being the victim. Like my life is so hard. Those things are all self-pity. Self-pity is a destructive, painful trap. It will keep you immobilized so that your future is no different than your past. It is so toxic and it is a very bad habit to get into. So in an article that I found, um, this lady's name is Alethea Luna. And I loved her little quote. She said, of all human emotions, perhaps the most useless and destructive is self-pity. And that gives me goosebumps. I was like, whoa, that is, that is huge. So I want to give you some examples so that you can find out if you are in self-pity or if you're not. Okay. So I have five examples to give you. And the first one, number one, is you find it hard to laugh at life and at yourself. So you just kind of tend to take yourself a little bit too seriously. And you find it hard to laugh or find the humor in life in general, and specifically like the troubles that you are going through. And, and what I see this in my clients and in myself for sure is the weaknesses that I have. Like we all have weaknesses as humans. We all know that intellectually, but then like laughing at and kind of um, finding the humor in the weaknesses that we have ourselves is a little bit hard. And we tend to be a little bit in self-pity when we don't want, when we don't find the humor in our own weaknesses. Okay. Number two, you crave drama. So this might look like you may have been called a drama queen before. You tend to embellish things in a dramatic way and you tend to really have this all or nothing thinking or like extreme black and white. That's very dramatic. You know, uh, situations come up in your life and you're like, really extreme on one end or the other. You're really all or nothing. And it, it, it's very dramatic in a, in a dramatic way. Number three, you crave sympathy from others. So you're always trying to get others to validate your sad story or have sympathy for your problems. And you might mistake these actions from others as being supportive to you or pampering you, or being emotionally cared for. And that is really a dangerous way to develop relationships with others. And number four, number four, you have a low self-esteem. 
People with a low self-esteem tend to crave acceptance and affection from others to feel good about themselves. So the sad story that you tell about your life and the circumstances of it, and it seems to get you this misguided support of lots of people flocking over you. And that creates this self-pity. Okay. Number five, you subconsciously feel guilty. Often self-pity is an unconscious way of avoiding taking responsibility for your own actions or the decisions that you've made in the past. When it's too hard to accept the wrong that we've committed, sometimes we hide from it, making ourselves the victim rather than other people. Then we punish ourselves endlessly. So you can see all of these things that are in self-pity. It's kind of a poor me, woe is me. You tell this big sad story to other people so that they will build you up. So that they will say, no, it's not like that. You're a great person. Do you see? Like you're, you're wanting other people to build you up and that makes you feel like you're accepted and validated. But that is not a true form of acceptance, trying to get it like that from other people. When you are a self-pitying person, way down deep, you believe that you're not worthy of love. And this creates a self-destructive pattern of behavior. At every turn, you are self-sabotaging yourself. Self-pity is one of the greatest tools for the self-destructive person. It creates all of these self-fulfilling prophecies and it alienates all the people that you love and admire from you. Think of the people that you know in your life that are kind of like this. Like you don't want to be around them. You, you're around them because you feel obligated to be around them. Well, I don't want people to feel obligated to be around me. I don't want people to feel obligated to love me. That isn't how I want to have relationships with other people. But the self-pitying person doesn't know how to have relationships that are strong and healthy with other people. And so this is how they get their acceptance. This is how they live in relationships with other people. It's super destructive. Okay. So now let's go into self-compassion. So self-compassion is the ability to turn understanding, acceptance, and love inward. We are much more likely to extend self-compassion towards others than we are towards ourselves. So Think about it. When someone is in a difficult um, situation, it is really easy for us to extend love and concern and compassion towards that other person. Like we just do it without thinking. It's not even a thing. Like it's not even hard. But self-compassion is being able to do that for ourselves. And some people might see self-compassion as an act of self-indulgent. But in fact, self-compassion can help relieve many uncomfortable feelings like anxiety and insecurity. Developing a strong habit of self-compassion towards yourself will greatly improve your mental health. Compassion is 
showing empathy and love and concern to others who are suffering or going through difficult situations. Self-compassion is just simply the ability to show that same concern, empathy, and love to ourselves when we are going through something difficult, especially if that difficult thing is a result of our own actions and our own decisions. Having self-compassion for ourselves when we have failed is profoundly important, my friends, if you want to develop strong mental health. Showing yourself self-compassion when you fail is not to be confused with self-indulgence or self-pity. Developing self-compassion will help you accept your weaknesses and therefore build emotional well-being. So here are some examples of when you're practicing self-compassion. Number one, self-kindness. Being kind to yourself and not handing out harsh criticism to yourself. Basically, not talking to yourself like a jerk, right? How many of us talk to ourselves like a big jerk? I mean, lots and lots of my clients, most of them, me included. The reason that we are going through this self-improvement and self-development and wanting to create self-confidence and all the things is because the self-talk in our minds, like we would never talk to someone else like that. Those things would never come out of our mouths towards someone else. We would be absolutely mortified. It would never happen. But we have no problem saying it to ourselves. Absolutely no problem talking to ourselves like a big jerk and handing out very, very harsh criticisms to ourselves. That is not self-compassion, right? Number two in practicing self-compassion is recognizing that you are human. Humans make mistakes, all of us, all humans. We are all imperfect. You are not a special snowflake and the only one who messes up. We all fail. We all feel pain. We all feel sorrow, defeat, and judgment. All of us. It's the human experience here on earth. So just giving yourself a pass that like, hey, I'm human, having a human experience, and this is what humans do. That is showing self-compassion towards yourself. Number three, being mindful. Being aware of your humanness, but also your ability to create awesomeness. Like be self-aware and intentional about how you want to show up in your life, right? Taking the situation as it is, and when you're in the moment, or even assessing the, the, the moment afterwards, like how do I want to show up in the world as a human? You get to decide that, and decide it intentionally. So be self-aware of how you actually want to be a person walking around in the world, okay? Number four, acceptance. You accept your failures as lessons and opportunities to learn without justifying it or getting defensive. This one's a big one. So you accept that you failed and not be like, well, I'm a failure and I'm the worst person ever and going into self-judgment. But then I failed and it's someone else's fault and justifying your failure. Neither one of those are good things. So you accept that you failed and you're like, yep, I didn't do that right. 
or that didn't work out for me, right, or whatever. I'm going to use that as an opportunity to learn, right? So all people, even ourselves, deserve love and acceptance. Feeling sorry for yourself is totally normal and in some instances can serve as a natural stepping stone in developing acceptance for the difficult circumstances in life. But when we make a habit of self-pity, we don't take responsibility for ourselves and our actions and our decisions. We avoid taking action altogether, or we simply try to gain unhealthy forms of connection and acceptance from others. So if you're like me, I discovered that I choose self-pity more often than I'd like to. And I'm practicing self-compassion and kindness with myself as I work to remove it from my everyday life. So developing self-compassion and rating ourselves of self-pity will create unshakable self-confidence for sure. So I want to give you a couple of examples of what is self-pity, what is self-compassion in like some specific situations, okay? So being resentful is being in self-pity. And the opposite of that in self-compassion is being curious. Uh, The way that this shows up is I have to do all these things. So I have to take my kids to school every day. I have to do dinner. I have to make dinner. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to clean the house. I have to do my church callings. I have to do this thing for my husband. I have to go to work. I have to pay the bills. Like all of those things with the I have to attitude. Like you don't have a choice. Well, the truth is you don't have to do anything. You really don't have to do any of those things. And believing that you have to is creating resentment. And resentment is a feeling that's created in the way that you think. When you believe you're trapped or you're obligated or stuck in your life, then you feel resentment. And that's a lie. You are not stuck. You are not obligated, right? Do you have to cook dinner? No. You can call Blue Apron or those other, what are, Hello Fresh or whatever, and they can do dinner. That's a choice you have, right? You don't have to clean the house. There are these companies that with these angel fairies that come in and clean your house for you and you, and you don't have to do it. It's, it's wonderful, right? You have options. Now, If you feel like, well, I can't afford that or I don't have the money for that. Well, we all have the money for what we want, for what's important to us. So if it's important to you to do Blue Apron or HelloFresh food things, then you will work it into your budget. You'll forego other things so that you can have HelloFresh, right? But if you choose not to do that, then stop telling yourself you have to cook dinner. If you're deciding to not pay HelloFresh and buy your kids food and school clothes and piano lessons and whatever, then just tell yourself the truth. I don't have to make dinner. I choose to make dinner. I choose to have dinner made at home instead of purchasing it other places. Now, there are other people in your home that could probably cook dinner. Like maybe there are. Maybe you're not the one that has to do it right? But when we're like, I have to cook dinner and I have to do all these things, then it really closes us off and we feel resentment. 
But when we open ourselves up to curiosity and self-compassion, we're like, hey, what are some other options that are out there? What are some options that, that might work into my budget and my, you know, values and the way that I want to do things, right? I'm not saying you have to do HelloFresh. I'm just saying there are options, right? Be curious. Open yourself up to curiosity, okay? Number two, if you are in self-pity, then you're the victim. If you're in self-compassion, then you are in power. It's empowering, okay? So self-pity, like we talked about earlier, is this poor me, my life is hard, Um, hard things are happening to me, these things shouldn't be happening, I don't know what to do about these things, I'm the victim of whatever, right? In self-compassion, on the other hand, it's very empowering. It sounds like, hey, what's what can I do? What is happening here? It's okay to feel frustrated. You can totally do frustration. You did the best you could in the moment. You did what you thought was right. It's okay to feel sad. This situation is appropriate for sadness. But it's not appropriate for anger or frustration or resentment or whatever, right? So that is more of an empowering than in victim where everything is happening to me and I have no control. When you're in self-pity, you are stalling. And when you're in self-compassion, you're progressing. So in self-pity, stalling, we say things like, I don't know how. There's no solution. I don't know what to do. Have you ever been complaining to someone and they're trying to give you ideas for like how you could, what you could try or how you could do it to solve it? And you say things like, no, that won't work. I've tried that before. I've done that and it doesn't work. Self-pity wants you to stay stuck and not find a solution, which makes no sense at all. But we do it all the time, right? Self-pity wants us to stay confused and to stay stuck and to say, poor me. Self-compassion, on the other hand, is more progressing. It's more of a progression. It says things like, I'll figure it out. I wonder what I can try next. I wonder if this will work. Let's give this a try. It sounds like, yeah, this stinks. I'm 40 pounds overweight, let's say, but I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to find a way that's right for me. I'm not going to give up until I figure this out. So my favorite mentor, Jody Moore, quoted this from the scriptures. The scriptures say, and it came to pass. They never say, and it came to stay. Right? So self-pity has us staying in this wallowing in our self-indulgent emotions and poor me and... I'll never get this right. Nobody loves me. I guess I'll go eat worms. That's way into that self-pity. And we want to get into self-compassion, which is, hey, I'll figure this out. There's a way. I just need to find it. Be open. Be curious. Right? So Helen Keller said, self-pity is our worst enemy. And if we yield to it, we can never do anything wise in this world. I thought, whoa, that is awesome. Self-pity is our worst enemy. If we yield to self-pity, then we will never create anything in the future. It will keep us stuck. 
It will keep us reliving the past. It will keep us judging ourselves from the mistakes or the situations or whatever is happening in our past, and we will never create our future. Self-compassion is curiosity and it's love and concern and acceptance for where we are and lends to finding something new in the future. So we want to stay out of self-pity as much as we can. We're human. We're going to go there. It's an emotion, but we don't have to stay there and we don't have to be indulgent in self-pity and we don't have to make it our house that we live in, in our lives, right? We, it's something we can move into and then move out of. You go into self-pity, you realize you're there, you come out, right? So that's what I have for you today. And I hope that you learned something here today. And I hope that you will recognize when you're in self-pity and get out of that as quick as you can. And then learn from those experiences and propel yourself forward and start living into the future and creating the life that you want and not recreating your sad story of the past. Okay, you guys, that's what I've got for you this week. I hope that you have a great week. I hope that you guys can get all your Christmas shopping done online and never have to leave your house so that you don't have to worry about the COVID. But if you do have to go out, stay healthy, stay safe, and I will see you guys all here next week. Have a great day. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Creating Unshakable Self-Confidence. If you want to learn more about how to create unshakable self-confidence, head over to sherrybrazier.com where I created a free starter guide for you. This guide is four steps to start believing the impossible and creating the life of your dreams. You will learn the four-step process I use to start believing new things. You will learn the skill of creating the future you want instead of just being at the effect of your life happening to you. Visit SherryBrazier.com today to get your free guide. I'll see you here next week.